We again come before you, our God, with thanksgiving, as we must always do. Give thanks for who you are, that you are our creator. All that exists was created by your hands. There's nothing that has come into being except through you. We give you thanks that you are the ruler, the governor of this world, that all that continues to exist continues so because of you. By all things, all things are sustained by your power. The stars, the universes, uh, light years away, the uh, insects, the smallest cells, all things are being guided and held, upheld by you. You're guiding the paths of stars. You guide our paths even this very morning to where we are now. And we give you thanks and praise that you are our Redeemer. That though we had fallen away, that we had rebelled against you. Yet in your mercy, in, in your love, in your power and strength, because your will cannot be contradicted. You have redeemed us, brought us back to belong to you. And we can trust that. We can know that. For our salvation does not depend upon ourselves. You did not choose us because we were of special note, that we were especially wise, that we were more lovable. There was nothing about us. And indeed, you knew the deepest sin uh, in us, with that knowledge that you still saved us, sent your son to die for us. We thank you for such love, for such mystery. How could the eternal God who is divine become as one of us? How can there be one God yet three persons in one? This is great mystery beyond us, and yet you have revealed these truths to us. And you've revealed them to us so that we might honor you and glorify you and give you thanks and praise so that we might take comfort and find our hope in you that we might find our peace in you. And so we do. We pray for a world in which there is very little peace, countries against countries, peoples against peoples, individuals against individuals, we pray for that work of your Holy Spirit of bringing forth peace in this world. We pray for those who are not at peace because they do not know the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. We pray for them, that you would open their minds and their hearts, that you would turn their hearts of stone into hearts of flesh and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray particularly for our loved ones, those who are in our families, those who are friends, those with whom we work, people whom we know and we care for them. And we pray for your mercy that you would bring them into your kingdom. We thank you for those who have left their very homes, have gone into other nations and other cultures and other times to pre present the peace that is of Christ. And we pray for effectiveness in their labors and they may bear fruit. We pray for ourselves that we may bear fruit, be faithful in presenting the gospel of Christ. And particularly as those who, who see the peace in us, that they will desire that same. We pray for those among us who are ill, 
who have been ill for many years, who have chronic illnesses. We pray that you would sustain them and give them peace. For those who have such illnesses that could lead uh, to death, we pray that you would sustain them and again give them peace. We pray for their healing. More than anything, we pray again all the more for their comfort and their peace of knowing that they belong to Jesus Christ and that nothing, nothing can separate us from your love through Jesus Christ. We pray for peace as we go through trials in this life. Uh, We have conflict. We worry about uh, our loved ones, our children, our grandchildren. We have concerns about work, about being provided for, and and responsibilities upon us to provide for others. We don't know the future. We don't know what is going on in this world and in this nation, but we know you. And that is, as we have sung, that's all we need to know. We need to know that Jesus Christ has died for us, and we need no other argument, no other plea to to try to make us feel peaceful. All we need to know is that our Lord Jesus has died for us, has reconciled us to you. And he will never, you will never, let us go. We pray for ourselves now in this sanctuary. We pray for your spirit to keep us in tune to you and to your word. That we may profit from it, become all the more faithful and obedient to you. Take the comfort that your word gives to us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you will uh, turn with me uh, to Colossians, we're in chapter 3, a particular verse uh, this morning is verse 15, and you'll also find it as an insert in there as well, that particular verse. Now, I'm going to do what I've been doing each Sunday, though, I'm reading the entire uh, passage that each Sunday we're just following along in. So I'm going to begin with verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And this is our verse. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, we've been going in this passage now for, for two weeks, and you're looking good. You're wearing the perfect outfit. You don't even need your wife to have to figure out what's going to look good on you. Every part looks good. The clothing it matches, it even fits the occasion. Everything is fine as long as no one catches on to how you're feeling inside. Now, our verse is going to take us inside. We've been looking on the outside, 
Now we're going inside to the heart. Again, it reads, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now the first terminology for us to understand here is that phrase, the peace of Christ. And you're told that we're not merely told, have peace. It's the peace of Christ. When we looked at the, the dress code, you know, of compassion, kindness, and love, they just stood alone. There was no compassion of Christ, love of Christ. Now, they, of course, are the compassion, love, and, and humility, and so on, of Christ. But it seems what Paul is doing here, he's emphasizing this, this connection between peace and Christ. Without Christ, we're just thinking only in terms of peace. We might just think in terms of having peaceful feelings. You know that peace that comes from, you know, quieting our spirits. Uh, you know, we, we might, um, I don't know, might engage in meditation. Some of us might do yoga. We, we might go out on the lake and just feel how peaceful it is. Or, you know, we might listen to, to music and so on. Whatever we can do to just kind of feel peace. Now, as helpful as these activities might be to help us feel peaceful, that is not what is meant here by the peace of Christ. Or without Christ, we might think in terms of spiritual harmony with God. You know, our, you know, our spirits are not in harmony with, with God's spirit. And, and maybe, again, we do some meditation or, or some kind of spiritual practice that helps us kind of get in tune with God and tune with the Holy Spirit, I mean, with the spiritual life, and, and it's good. Good to be in tune with God, and, and there are spiritual practices that can help, but that is not what is meant here by the pre- peace of Christ. So what is it? It is the peace of reconciliation. Let me read to you from Romans 5. Here's verse 1. Therefore, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then go to verse 10. For if while we were enemies, while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life more than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. What's being said here is that without Christ, the problem is not just that, well, we're just kind of out of tune. We're enemies of God. Uh, We, uh, before, were, were sinners and rebels against God. And what's being said is that now that we have Christ, we're no longer at odds with God. We're no longer under God's wrath. Rather, what's happened is we've now been justified by our faith in the work of Jesus Christ. And it is a work that brings us into peaceful relation with God. It is this peace, the peace of Christ, which our verse, when it says, to let rule in your hearts. Okay, so let's look at that phrase now. What does it mean for the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts? 
Well, the basic meaning uh, of, the, of this word for rule is, is umpire. It's taken from the sports arena. You know, where you have an umpire or you have a referee and who's there to enforce and to serve as, a, as the arbitrator as the, of the rules. Just like, like we have today in our, our modern sports with officials who they determine when rules have been violated, they also settle the difference of opinion when one athlete or, or one team is arguing with the other team. Uh, you know, so for example, you have the, the referees who might settle like, you know, something between, say, maybe the Bulldogs and, and the Gamecocks. And, and the Bulldogs say, we, we stopped that first down. And the Gamecocks say, no, 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 we, we got that first down. And a referee settles the differences. And when a referee is, is really wise and sharp, he understands that the Gamecocks did hit the first down. <laughs> and In a similar manner, Peace rules the controversies, the rage in our hearts. We feel pulled in, in two directions. There are disputes that wage in our hearts. We have inner turmoil. It is the peace of Christ that can settle these disputes and allow us to move forward in a positive manner. Now, so we've been looking at this. There's the peace of Christ, it's the rule in our hearts, and we've been thinking of it primarily for ourselves as individuals. Now, the next half of this verse brings us back to the point of the whole passage. Namely, Paul is really talking about here when it needs to take place in the church, in the body of Christ. And so he says, to which indeed you were called, all of you, in one body. So we are called to the peace of Christ in the body of Christ. Now Paul wrote about this before in his letter to the Ephesians. Actually, he spent more time writing about it. Let me read just from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So in this passage here, as you just saw, Paul presents peace as the bond of the church. Similar to, to verse 14 in our passage, when, which he had been presenting love as the bond of all those traits. That's what binds everything together, causes them to work in harmony. He's saying, let the peace of Christ here now be that same bond for fellow members and brothers and sisters, uniting us in harmony. And then the verse concludes with this short sentence, and be thankful. I'm going to come back to that later on in the message. So to recap, we were told in verses 12 through 14 to put on spiritual traits of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness. And then above all those things, we're to put on love. That's what binds them together. And then we're to let the peace of Christ serve as the umpire over and in our hearts so that we will live in peace uh, with ourselves and with our brothers and sisters who are fellow members of the body of Christ. Now here's the question for us. How do we
do we actually achieve this? How do we actually let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts? Never read a statement like that, you know, like, let this happen. Well, I'll say, well, I would like to let it happen. How do I actually do that? Well, we can look, first of all, to God's word for guidance. Now, we've already considered what peace of Christ consists of. We know it's about reconciliation. Okay? Once we were separated from God, now we've been brought back together. Christ has reconciled us, so we now have peace with God. Okay? Now, having said that, you know as well as I that there are many times that we do not feel at peace with God. Oftentimes, it's just because we've sinned and we might be anxious that God is not at peace with us. Maybe he, we're not reconciled with the Father. Or oftentimes, it's because of bad things that have happened in our lives, hurtful things, and we might be angry with God. We feel like he has let us down. So what do we do when we have lost that peaceful feeling? Well, we move from feelings and we rest in the objective truth that God's Word teaches us. And so we rest in the knowledge of who God is. Scripture is clear that God is in control. There there are times that we do not feel that He is, but that doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that God knows all things. It teaches that God is everywhere. It teaches of His unlimited power. And, and whether or not we can understand all these things, because we, we can't. We can't understand what it means to be eternal, never have had a beginning, that the God is as present in all of the universes, uh, wherever they are, as he is right here. It didn't, didn't quite grasp it. Sometimes we just don't feel the reality. You know, we look at the world and it just man, doesn't feel like God has control. Well, he does whether or not we feel it or can understand it, because that's what Scripture teaches us. Scripture teaches us that God is love. Whether we feel that he is being loving, whether we we feel when we read in the papers and see what happens to what we regard as good people, God is love. We rest in the knowledge of what God has done. He has reconciled us to himself through the work of Jesus Christ. He has chosen us. He has justified us. He has adopted us. He will not let us go. He will carry his work in us through to completion. The war is over. We are no longer counted as enemies, but as the beloved children of God the Father. And and none of this changes. None of this changes because we just don't feel it at the moment. And so we need to rest not in what we feel, but in the truth that Scripture teaches. And when we do that, when we focus on what Scripture teaches is true, that will begin to affect, to stabilize our feelings. Now, so we rest in the knowledge of biblical truth, We rest in what Scripture teaches. We rest in the work of God, not not in how well we have been doing. 
don't know how well you did this past week. Maybe you really following God. Maybe you didn't do such a good job. You still belong to God. He is not angry with you, not because you're such nice people, but because he has saved you. Christ has reconciled you. God the Father, again, has chosen us. God the Son, he has reconciled us. We didn't do it. God the Holy Spirit regenerated us. We didn't make ourselves come to faith or come alive. That's what Scripture teaches. It's what the revelation of God teaches. Believe it. Believe God. Rest in his word. So instead of looking to your heart to find peace, let the the peace of Christ as defined by the word of God, let that rule your heart. Whenever you have inner turmoil about your status with God or because you cannot understand what God is doing, remind yourself of what God's Word teaches you. Go back to it, read it, look at it again. That kind of discipline, looking to the Scripture, not yourself for truth, will steady and will guide you through whatever personal turmoil you're going through. So how do we attain peace, inner peace? go out of ourselves, don't look inside of ourselves, go to the objective word of God. Now then, how do we obtain peace in the body of Christ? Well, the same thing, by looking to Scripture to remind us of what the peace of Christ has attained. Christ brought reconciliation between us and God. He also broke down the walls of division that were between people between us and anyone else. Let me read to you again from Ephesians, and this time in chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. For he, that is Christ himself, is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances And listen to this, that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to in one spirit to the Father. Now, now, who is he talking about here? He's talking about uh, those who were Jews. They are the ones who were near. They were God's covenant people. They were near. And then he's talking about everybody else, the Gentiles, and everybody else are all those people who were far away from God. You know, the, the first debate in the early church, oddly enough, was over the place of People like us, Gentiles. Could Gentiles, and I mean, they're debating this, could Gentiles be saved? Did Jesus actually come and included Gentiles? Or maybe, maybe they're saved in some way, but surely they're not regarded on the same level as we who were members and have been part of God's chosen people. I mean, they're, they're really, there's a baffling thing to them. Well, the answer is that both groups 
doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter how close you might think you were or how far you were, everyone needed to be reconciled to God. Everyone's a sinner. Everyone falls short of, the, of God and what the standards are. And, he must, and the only way that anyone can be saved is by the work of Christ. And because Christ, he did that work. He, he reconciled Jews and he reconciled Gentiles to God. But now that he's done that, they're no longer two groups. He's, Christ made us one. He's broken down these dividing walls. He created in himself one new man in place of the two. So there are no longer any distinctions. This is the peace of Christ for us to gather. Whatever hostilities and conflicts there might be because of these distinctions, there's no longer any foundation for them. The distinctions no longer exist. We all have the same Savior. We all have access in one spirit to the Father. Paul wrote about this in just uh, uh, verses just before our passage in Colossians 3, verse 11. He says here, there is not Greek or Jew. doesn't exist anymore. Circumcised or uncircumcised. Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. And so the reconciling peace of Christ removes whatever might have served as uh, a division. In the body of Christ, there is no person or group that is closer to God than another. There is no one with greater distinction or, or honor in the church. There are no family favorites. Dad does not, he really does not love one child more than the other. Even though I am nicer than my older brother. There's, there's still, we're still regarded the same. So therefore, act accordingly. If God your Father is at peace with your brothers and sisters, if he regards everyone the same way as he regards you, he shows favoritism to no one, then we have no cause to feel superior or feel inferior to anyone in the family, in the body of Christ. And so if we understand these biblical truths about ourselves, that God is actually at peace with us, and that God is in control, and about our brothers and sisters, that God is at peace with them, then we will find our hearts more often now being ruled by the peace of Christ. Now, I said that I would go back uh, to uh, the last thing about this being uh, faithful or being uh, thankful to God. There is a very simple method. Here's a tip that Paul is giving to you on how to have peace within your hearts, okay? You don't need to go find a quiet place out on the lake. You don't need music. You don't need yoga. All that you need is to pray to God with thankfulness. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 reads this way. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ 
Jesus. So what he's saying here is, look, are, are you anxious? Are you, are you lacking peace? Pray to God. Ask for what you need. But if you really, if you really want the peace of God, then add thanksgiving. It is difficult. You'll find this if you try it out. It's difficult to remain anxious while you are naming things to thank God for. It's difficult to remain anxious when you're recounting God's goodness, His faithfulness, who He is, His sovereignty. It's difficult not to feel reconciled with God when you are recalling what Scripture teaches about the work of Christ in reconciling you to God. It's it's hard to believe that, that you're not reconciled to God when you think about what Jesus Christ has done. It's difficult to feel animosity with fellow believers when you start naming and giving thanks to the same work that Christ has done for you that he has done for them. Whatever may be troubling you now, it is difficult just to even to keep your attention on, on your troubles when you are thanking God for the riches that you have in Christ Jesus, for the eternal security that you have in Christ, for the love of God that you possess in Christ. It's just hard to be anxious. So do you see how all of this now connects together? When we understand the real, that real peace, is about reconciliation with God that has been achieved by Christ. We begin to distrust our personal feelings when we're like, I don't know if God loves me, I don't know. Well, well, it's just hard to keep having that kind of doubt when our focus is on the work of Jesus Christ. Because we, we trust what Scripture teaches rather than what we feel at any moment, our sense of peace gain stability as we rest in objective peace. Again, an objective peace of what Christ has done for us. We will then see how that peace applies in the body of Christ. We understand that our brothers and sisters possess the same peace of God that we have, that reconciliation, and it's just hard to stay angry. And my mentor pastor is James Montgomery Boyce, and he, he tells of a story about his mentor, uh, Donald Gray Barnhouse, of how, uh, actually, when he was a young boy, he was able to go with Barnhouse to an amusement park, and in there, there was a special event or ride, whatever you call it, it was a large revolving barrel, about 30 feet long uh, and 7 feet in diameter, it's revolving, and you got to walk through it. To the other side. And Dr. Barnhouse evidently loved challenges. So he steps right in. He gets maybe two or three yards. Oh, he's losing his sense. And he begins to tumble. This is a big guy, by the way. He must have been over six feet and four or whatever. And he, he, he tumbles. So the, the operator stops it. And Barnhouse comes out and he says, I want to do it again. And the operator says, Okay, all right, we can do it again. But let me give you the secret to this. He says, now I want you to look through the mirror. You see at the end, there's a mirror, a small mirror. He said, yeah, I see it. What do you see in the mirror? He says, I see you, meaning the operator. The operator says, keep
keep your eye on that mirror and keep your eye on me and you'll keep your sense of balance and you'll pass through. And sure enough, he was able to go through there. And he, the lesson of this is what happens, what really causes us to fall is when we're looking at everything else and what's all the turmoil that is about us. We, we begin to lose our sense of peace and we, we think they're, they're, they're troubles. And what we need to do is look. Look down that revolving barrel and look at your Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And your heart will be at peace. Look on Jesus. How does the sun go? And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. It's the peace of Christ. That is what we need. And finally, let me say this. I've been speaking as though everyone here knows of this reconciliation that Christ has achieved. For all of those of you, you put your faith in him, you can say, yes, I, I remember now. I, yes, I'm, I have that reconciliation. Well, there may be some here who, who don't know it. Maybe you have looked at the ways of the world. You, you've tried I know, all these techniques to win peace. You have tried the, the teachings that tell you that you know, God just loves you. You just need to know that God loves you because you're so special. And, and you know, you, you try that thing. You just need to believe good things about yourself. Or you, you have tried to find peace in a human relationship. It is love. And it is love for this particular person that will shape my life and, and whatever. Or you try to find peace in attaining money or fame, or, or power, or position. We do not believe the peace that Scripture teaches. We do not accept that your lack of peace is actually due to God's displeasure with you. You lack peace because there is no peace between you and God. Now, I know that that hurts your pride. But I can tell you this. You will, if you will accept that, you will find a deeper, lasting peace when you accept the Bible's verdict. When I read those passages from Romans about reconciliation, how we were enemies of, of God, and, and it's only through Christ that we can get that. The point of that passage was to, was Paul was making a promise to comfort, to encourage uh, his people. He's saying we can have peace with God through Jesus Christ and we can fully rest in that peace. Now why? Because God knows us completely. He knows the full depth of our sins. He has no illusions about us. And what Paul was saying in that full knowledge I mean, we wouldn't count ourselves as enemy of God, but God did. He knows us better than ourselves. And it's in that full knowledge that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. It is in that full knowledge that he nevertheless loved us. Not because, oh, you're so good people, you're so lovable. No, he knows everything. And he still gives us that love. He still sends his son. His son still dies on that cross for us. See, that's peace. Because you don't have to hide anything. 
You don't have to try to prove yourself worthy to God. All you have to do is believe what God says. That Christ died to reconcile you to him. And it actually is that simple. Is it not time to accept such peace? We thank you, our God, for the peace of Christ. Peace that comes to us because he has reconciled us to you. However we may feel at the moment, it does not change the reality of that reconciliation. Now may we who who know that, who have accepted it and have believed it, that we look through that tunnel and keep our eyes upon our Lord Jesus Christ. Believe him. Believe what your word says. And if we have never done that, if we have sought peace in so many other ways and and places, give to us by your Holy Spirit. Give us the eyes to see. Give us the courage to believe and know the peace that is of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.